Hello and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, analysis, all passion, all derby. Some decisions are black and white. Let's get stuck in. Everybody and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Today, joining me and Corey. Corey, as I've said, you're not going to get an introduction as much anymore on these episodes because you're definitely part of the furniture, but hello to you as always. Um, Joining us is Ryan Hildred from the Rovers Chat uh, to talk all about Derby and Blackburn Rovers on Saturday at Pride Park. Ryan, how are we doing? I'm good, thanks. Uh, Hello to you both and thank you for having me on. No problem at all. So, uh, something that Ryan, uh, me and Corey actually mentioned last week on a podcast that we did, uh, this fixture was obviously the last game um, that fans were allowed to go to in last season, I believe, certainly for Derby. I'm, I'm presuming it was the same for, for Blackburn. Uh, Derby's last game, in, certainly in front of uh, fans, obviously, at Pride Park, was that result against yourselves last, last year, um, which seems a hell of a long time ago now. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Obviously, last season is done and dusted. I, I, just before we go on to the game fully, um, just want to talk about how you think Rovers have kind of done over the last six to nine months. Um, something that we've, uh, we've discussed, me and Corey, and we've, spoke, we've, we've got a blog out there at the minute with, uh, with a fellow Blackburn fan. Um, and to be honest with you, they were... They're pretty optimistic, and and I was saying to Corey yesterday when we spoke that actually Blackburn come across as one of those sides that if they could just find that extra five percent, they they could really be a a team that can that can challenge certainly for top six. You you look at individual players and, and the way that they play, and certainly any time you've come up against Derby that I've seen and I've seen other games, um, yeah, they've always been they've always been pretty. Pretty decent, pretty decent games for for both sides. Um, what's to start off with? Obviously, what is the what is the remit for for Blackburn this season? Yeah, um, I mean, you've touched on a few things there, Jason. I mean, the last six to nine months, um, last season was in many respects a nice surprise to have that little flirt with the playoffs that we did because we were expecting just another season of of consolidation back in the championship. So to get close yet so, so, so far, you know, hurt a little bit. And actually that Derby game that you referenced was a bit of a sickener for us because had we won at Pride Park that day, we would have gone into the top six because we played on a Sunday, didn't we? And everyone else played on the Saturday. Yeah. And, and that's really been the story of Rovers, actually. You know, when you're talking about that extra 5%, I think we had about six or seven games last season where had we won, we would have gone into the playoffs or would have been a point behind the playoffs or something like that. And in every one of those games, we either drew or lost. And I think the big, I think it's mentality for Rovers more than, more than quality, really. I think quality-wise, we've got lots of quality players. We've got Adam Armstrong, Bradley Dak when he's back fit some raw talent like Joe Rothwell and, and Tyrese Dolan, who scored at the weekend. We've got all of that. I think it's really a mentality thing. And, and I think it's the age of our squad and the fact that they're still gelling. And Tony Mowbray likes to play this expansive passing style of football. You know, we don't do that. Let's win ugly and get out of the division type football. You know, Mowbray wants to keep the ball possession based and play these fancy formations, as I call them. Um, so I think the remit is... 
you know, after last season, we've got to try and flirt with those playoffs again and try and get in there if we possibly can. I think this division is going to be absolutely wide open this season with budgets at the way they are and, and all of the restrictions and everything like that. You know, home fans aren't going to come into the equation now. So there's no reason why, you know, 20 clubs even couldn't be looking at the playoffs. So that's got to be the remit. You know, the hope is, can we make the playoffs? Whether we're expecting it, whether it's going to happen, that's another story. But yeah, the remit's got to be playoffs. Yeah, I think for me, Ryan, um, I think you're dead on. I think the league's wide open. A lot of the big boys, so to speak, kind of got out of the division last year with West Brom and Leeds. And, and when you look at, um, you know, the teams that are coming up from League One, little bit more competitive the teams that have come down from the premier league don't necessarily scare the teams as they would in heaven previous seasons you know because watford's gonna watford's gonna lose players before the deadline brentford's lost um ollie watkins already um probably poised to lose ben rama as well you know and then um bournemouth they've lost a lot of key players as well so these these teams that have come down they're not like there's just I, I and jason and myself said this there's not really one team you can pick that's just going to kind of cakewalk the league and so I think you're right I think the, you know there's there's at least 20 teams that are fighting for that for that opportunity um I mean for me I I remember several things about Blackbird one the chicken running on the field which was just amazing how <laughs> someone smuggles a chicken into Ewood or any football ground let alone Ewood that was Park, a was just, horrible horrible game <laughs> I'm sorry that's just that's just hilarious uh and then obviously Blackburn go back down to league one but you know when you when you look at Blackburn they're always one of those teams that you like I wouldn't necessarily call them a contender. That's no disrespect. Like you don't sit there. They don't necessarily frighten you, but you don't sit there and go, oh, we're going to steamroll this team either. It, it, they're always up for a fight, aren't they? And they're always up for, for, for giving teams a good game, which is, which is really what you want to be in the competitive championship. And again, like we were talking about at the end uh, just before with a lack of strong, really strong teams that could really take this division by the, by the throat, Blackburn's got to be with a shot if they're going to start playing like we, like I kind of perceive them as always up for a fight. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. I think com- competitive's the main word. I think that's what Mowbray has, has made us become now, competitive. You know, your first season back in uh, the championship after being relegated, it's all about that consolidation. And then those two or three seasons before we got relegated was pretty painful, to be honest. We were just making up the numbers in the championship. But now we are competitive and we've got reasons to be optimistic and reasons to be cheerful and and Mowbray's got a philosophy and a way of playing and, and a really good academy that he's dipping into. So, yeah, it's nice just to, to feel like we've got a bit of a plan. I think one of the things you said there, Corey, like you say, it's, it's one of those where, and again, this is no, no disrespect meant, but you see old Blackburn at home Saturday. I think a lot of Derby fans would go, well, OK, good chance of three points there. But if it was the other flip way round, you wouldn't think that way. Ewood Park's a place that you'd be able to go to and go, oh, that's, you know, we're, we're really in with a chance there. So Blackburn, to me, do come across as that, that kind of side. And like you've just mentioned there, Ryan, it seems to be, obviously, a couple of years ago, they brought in certain players, Adam Armstrong obviously being one of them, probably didn't set it to light straight away. But it's about those, those certain players have now been uh, with Rovers, obviously, for, for, a couple of, for a couple of years now. And, and you start obviously you're starting to starting to see the best out of them. Of course, Bradley Dak being missing must be a, a pretty big blow. I, I would I would put him up in the top three players in the championship on his day. To be perfectly honest with you, um, he frightens the life mm-hmm. out of me when he plays against us because uh, you just never know what he's going to do. Um, so obviously missing him and having him out for probably as long as you have because I think it's been quite a while. Um, obviously doesn't help. 
uh, and Derby are no strangers to to injury uh, injury problems at the moment. To be perfectly honest with you, but again, I mean, it comes across. You are like Corey just said there. There's not there's not too many teams this year that frighten the life out of me. To be perfectly honest with you, um, and I think like without crowds home momentum away you know away form whatever none of that is really let's face it after what got announced last night um uh, countrywide in the UK you know it doesn't look like any fans are getting back anytime soon so uh, the majority you would think of the two-thirds of this season is going to be played behind closed doors that on its own is quite a level I would have thought um that can be for good and bad of course but I would say that that's quite a leveler what is already a pretty level playing field. Um, it could, it could be come May next year. It could, it could be interesting reading um, where, where both teams finish. to be perfectly honest with you. Cause don't think we don't think we should be up there on Mer- uh, just because we're Derby County. We, you know, we, we're, we're fully expecting a, a mid table, mid table to higher echelon kind of challenge this year. But again, get a little bit of wind behind you. You, you just never know, do you, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and obviously, based on, certainly, like you say, the back end of last season, you were flirting with it a little bit. And in all fairness, the start that you've made so far, you've, you've, not, done, you've not done too bad. It, it's been, from what I read, I, I was reading mm-hmm. a piece uh, from uh, Bowbury yesterday. I was mentioning the young lad that you said there who made his debut and scored against Wickham, uh, uh, Wickham on Saturday. You know, everything at the minute seems to have a bit of a positive feel about Rovers um, and, and what you can achieve in, obviously, short term short term and long term. And, of course, Wickham, OK, you've, you can only play what's in front of you and no disrespect respect meant to Wickham. But at the end of the day, it's 5-0. You know, you, you've put five past a championship team, um, no matter who they are. Um, confidence has got to be brimming at Ewood Park, you would have thought. Yeah, it is. And I think it's it's a product of, of what Mowbray's put into play. As I say, it's been a steady building over these last three years. You know, his first season, sadly, he couldn't stop us from going down. You know, we went down in the February, but that League One season was a real chance just for us to rebuild. We got rid of some big contracts. We signed the likes of Bradley Dack and, and Armstrong on loan initially. So he started that rebuilding process. He's got a really good relationship with the CEO of the club, Steve Wagger. You know, some fans don't like him, some fans do, but whether we like it or not, good relationship with him. They're clear on the budgets. As I say, we're dipping into that academy. And the thing that Mowbray's got is integrity. So this transfer window has been quite slow for Rovers. We've only signed Daniel Ayala um, on a free and then a, a keeper from Belgium. And Mowbray said on quite a few times, he's nearly been close to making a few signings. Uh, but hasn't gone all the way with them because of agents' fees and other things like that. Now, I love that. I want my manager to have that integrity. I don't want him to be getting ripped off by agents. I want him to be doing right by the club. And, you know, we had Owen Coyle um, before Tony Mowbray and Steve Keane, the well, <laughs> the kind of well-versed Steve Keane when we got relegated. We had two managers there who you felt like didn't have the club's best interest at heart. We've got that in Mowbray now. And I think absolutely the start we've made and, and everything like that is is all a result of what Mowbray's put in play off the field mainly. Because I mean, for, for me, Ryan, I, I sit here and I'm I was preparing the notes and everything to to sit down with you and thinking about Blackburn. And I just I just thought, hey, you know, they're not a bad side. They they've they've turned the corner. They've turned the corner, you know, because they're kind of and again, no disrespects, they're kind of just always there. There's just always a team that's kind of just like a Middlesbrough. They're just always there, and you don't really notice them. Mm. But it really feels like Blackburn's 
really on a nice upswing here. Um, and my, my question to you is, is that, you know, scoring five goals against Wickham is tremendous, but has that used up all of Rover's goals for the month? Hopefully it has for Darby anyway, or, <laughs> or are there more, are there more goals in this side to, to come? Uh, there's definitely more goals. That's certainly what, you know, Mowbray has invested in well. We've got a lot of attacking options and a lot of players who can hurt sides and probably to the detriment of our defence, actually. Um, I think Mowbray's still trying to find that balance defensively. So certainly not used up all the goals. We've got plenty of players who can hurt. And actually, we've got two strikers who, if they get firing, um, then we're going to be pretty dangerous in this league. You know, we've got Ben Brereton signed from from your good friends, Nottingham Forest and, and Sam Gallagher from Southampton. And neither of those have pulled up any trees since being at Rovers last season. I think it's something less than 10 goals between them. Mowbray can get a tune out of those two this season. You know, they're like new signings instantly. So, no, we've not used all the goals up, not by any stretch. Um, defensively is where we need that work. And I think, I think you're right. We are on an upswing. And I think, sadly for Rovers, because of budgets, because of finances, because of crowds and all of that, we're not going to go out and make those big signings. You know, I saw Forrest signed Harriata. You know, we're not going to go and make a signing like that because we can't afford to pay someone like that. So Mowbray's got to be really smart in these transfer windows and use that academy and just hope for one season it all comes together. And we obviously make that push to the promotion and, and into the Premier League. I know one of the key players for Rovers, I'm sure we'll talk about him when we talk about Danger Men, is, is Adam Armstrong. Um, very highly rated at Newcastle. Uh, I think he went on loan to Coventry. Is he starting to finally fulfill fulfill his potential at Rovers? He is, and it's quite funny the the circumstances in which it's happened. So um, we had him on loan initially, and then he signed permanently, and he wasn't really, you know, pulling up any trees, few goals here and there. It was actually when Bradley Dack got injured last Christmas um, that Armstrong's been the one that stepped up. That's when he started his run of form. Um, a slight tweak to the formation that Mowbray's done. So as soon as Bradley Dak got injured, Danny Graham was out of the side. So that big man Dak off him, that was gone from our side. And we went more into a kind of 4-3-3 wide striker type formation to try and exploit Armstrong's pace and Gallagher and Brereton's running a bit more. And ultimately, I think Armstrong's been the big beneficiary of that. You know, we're playing those balls in behind. We're, we're stretching those teams more than, than if we've got Danny Graham up front, for example. So, yeah, he's, he's really come into his own in, in, the, in this calendar year, basically, uh, since Dak got injured in December. And there's one more player I want to discuss real quick before I turn it back over to Jason. Um, Bradley Johnson, he came here to Derby City. Uh, I didn't realize he signed for Derby County, but anyway, <laughs> he signed for Derby City, our, our arch nemesis and rivals. Um, I, think, I, think he was, I think it's fair to say, Jason, he wasn't necessarily the most well-received um, player on the books at Derby, but under the Lampard season, he kind of grew into everybody's hearts because he came this kind of, for a few games, he turned into the, the reincarnation of Andreas Pirlo, Andrea Pirlo, um, and is a holding midfielder. So how's he doing at Rovers? And, and is he still kind of playing that holding midfield role? Yeah, he's doing okay. He didn't have um, the best of seasons, I'd say, last season. Um, I was actually delighted when we signed him because, you know, when you think about that first season that we had in the championship, to sign someone like Johnson, you know, for our second season, that's exactly the type of signing to kind of build and, and take you on to that next level. And he's been at some good clubs like Derby and Norwich and Leeds at this level. So really good signing, first and foremost. Um, overshadowed a little bit by uh, Lewis Travis, who's our youngster in the centre of the park. You know, he's an all-action midfielder who just showed uh, Johnson up a little bit. But 
Actually, Johnson this season has started really well and a bit of an unsung hero. Um, Lewis Travis is injured now, so we're going to be relying on Johnson a little bit more just to provide a little bit of that steel, a little bit of that all-action that Travis does. And, yeah, just he's been a good, solid, all-round performer. Yeah, you know, not someone that's going to be banging in a load of goals all the time, but just that kind of the person that goes a bit unnoticed in the centre of the park. That's, that's what Bradley Johnson's been for us, really. So, um, yeah, probably a... Six to seven out of ten, I'd, I'd rate his time at Rovers. You know, he's been okay. Jason? Well, it was kind of the same when he came to Derby, wasn't he, Corey? He got this, oh, wow, okay, Bradley Johnson came out of nowhere the last five, ten minutes of, of deadline day, to, you know, what was it, three, four years ago now. And, and you know, when the dust settled, we paid something like £5 million for him and we were like, oh, okay. But you look back to what he did for Norwich, you know that we thought, well, you hoped that was the that was the player that you were getting. It was almost a surefire to you know to get you promoted, and obviously it didn't necessarily work out like that at, at Derby. But towards the end, in fact, Corey probably got better towards the end of his the end of his time at Derby. Certainly that last six months, when I think it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to get offered a new contract because of the wages that he were he was on at Derby. Um, he played out of his skin, in all fairness, and like similar to what you said there, Ryan. He, he sometimes was one of those players that just kind of went about his business and never really. He was a six out, seven out of ten man every every game, mm-hmm. but never did anything terrific. Um, but one of the things that I used to like about him, Corey, was if the game was a bit nitty gritty, you know, he put a challenge. He, he was never scared of putting challenges in. And he, he put in a couple of absolute awesome challenges. And he, when fans were there, as, as if I'm talking like a young boy, well, back in the day when fans were there, um, you know, it was he was some he was somebody with like you say, Ryan, that little bit of steel, that little bit of grit. He, he just fired the crowd up a little bit if the game had gone a little bit flat. Um, but he's obviously transitioned a lot in the last three or four years of, of, of his career. Um, but he's still a solid solid championship. Uh, midfielder, uh, I can see him sticking one in from about thirty yards if he's playing on Saturday. That that wouldn't be uh, <laughs> would wouldn't be against the realms of all possibility. To be perfectly honest with you, we have this but, we have we have this thing we keep saying, Ryan, that it's very Derby for this stuff to keep happening, and that would be very Derby. That would be peak Derby. <laughs> well, it's funny, in, I'd say the same thing as well. It must be a football fan banging in the Pushkas Award. Thing. Pushkas that's award it. for goal of the goal of the decade against Derby County for Blackburn Rovers. Yes, that's that'd be very Derby <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> it would but um so obviously just before we go on to the actual game itself um of course you may or may not know ryan we have one of your former managers who's come back to derby where he was a few years ago um, and he's joined our is it under 18s or under 23s Corey, i think he's officially like an under 23 technical advisor professional coach right so Again, very one, of, one of those yeah, one of those. Um, I'm just trying to think of any other major links between the, obviously, Bradley Johnson, the aforementioned. Um, just trying to think of too many other links, Corey, off the top of my head between... We've both been between, relegated from the Premier League within the last yeah. 15 years, so... Yeah. <laughs> founder members. Yes, both founder yeah, I members. We, I mean, maybe we, we, yeah, founder members, well, we take that. But we, we probably have to go a while back in history for us to... Uh, you know, look at players that have um, that have exchanged uh, both teams. But um, to be perfectly honest with you, the one thing I remember about Blackburn Rovers, Corey um, and Ryan, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was uh, what would it have been? 
probably about the year 2000, 2001, uh, a certain Fabrizio Ravanelli scoring on his Derby County debut at Ewood Park with a free kick. Um, it's about the only goal he ever scored for Derby, to be perfectly honest with you. But um, that, that's something that's something that um, that reminds me of Blackburn Rovers. And not only that, I'm go back into the go back into the mid nineties when I was growing up. I was um, I, I was uh, uh, trying to be a goalkeeper back then, and Tim Flowers was a big was a big inspiration of mine. I just liked him as a goalkeeper. Um, so, and I, obviously, the battles between Derby and, and Blackburn back in the Premier League, you know, it was always it was always quite quite an intense um, games when when we played back then. Um, bringing it back to the here and now, obviously, last year, uh, if memory serves me right, obviously we won at Pride Park. I, I remember that bit. I think it was the same score reverse at Ewood Park, if memory serves me right, but I might be slightly wrong on that. Might be thinking about the year before. I think it was uh, 1-0 uh, last season, actually. I think it was Armstrong was it who scored one that goal right. into the top corner. It was Armstrong, yeah, 1-0. Right, right. And I was at Pride Park, Jason, for that game, Derby against Blackburn, on a Tuesday night where it finished 0-0 for my annual trip. So Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, my hard-earned vacation time watching that, which was just fantastic. <laughs> Nothing else I'd rather, that game as well. <laughs> nothing else I'd, I'd rather do in England than, than go there on a Tuesday night and watch an ill-nil. Turgid, turgid draw. Well, turgid. I've done worse. But um, so, so looking to the game actually on, on Saturday itself, just before the score prediction, um, we've obviously we've talked about strength, strengths and weaknesses. Um, well, of, of the Blackburn side. If you was to to pull up a slight weakness, Ryan, um, where Derby can have some joy on Saturday, uh, where where would you say? I appreciate you've just mentioned, you know, the defence needs needs a little bit of work, but obviously bringing in Daniel Ayala, that's a, mm. a, a pretty pretty decent signing if he's obviously available and, and fit and what have you for Saturday. He's always a defender. I mean, we had him. There you go. There's one, Corey. Former, we had former Derby County defender. There yeah. we go. They're helping us we, out. We, we, had him on, we had him on loan. We had him on loan as a youngster um, and he weren't that good. And then, of course, he signed for Forrest, so he's definitely not that good. Um, <laughs> and then, and then he, he took an upstep into his career when he went to, to Middlesbrough and Norwich and, you know, that, his career progressed a little bit. So, it's nice to, nice to see him found. Uh, but, Bags of experience in the championship. He's definitely going to bring you something you would have thought to your back line that you know you, you may well be screaming out for. But in terms of weaknesses, where can Derby get at you um, on on Saturday, Ryan? Uh, definitely down our left hand side. So your right hand side down that right wing. Um, left back is um, we've got Amari Bell, who's who's left back for us at the moment, and. Um, you know he's a good trier, um, but he's he's probably not good enough um, for for what we want to do um, at the moment, and he's not had a good start to the season either. And if it is Ayala's debut, um, he's going to be the left centre back, and I don't think he usually plays left centre back. I think he's more a, a right-sided centre back. But Daryl Enahan plays there, so I think that that left back, left centre back area is definitely your area of exploitation. Um, and then something that will be a bit more longer term for us for the next few games. Uh, Lewis Travis is out. And as I say, he is the all-action midfielder that, that does everything for us. And he's out until Christmas. So um, certainly the ball is there to be won and, and gotten a hold of in that central midfield area without Travis there. Because he is a pest and he's a nuisance and opposition fans hate him. Fair enough. I mean... 
Corey, I don't know if we can turn around and say that our right-hand side would exploit that because we haven't really got a right-hand side um, too much. But Nathan Byrne, if he plays on Saturday, might, might cause one or two problems. Um, yeah. Of course, last time we played each other uh, was, again, just before the lockdown. And if memory serves me right, Corey, a certain Mr. Wayne Rooney wasn't in that... Uh, it wasn't in that, start, in that squad for that game. He, he was um, not. No, and obviously it was the emergence of of a young blonde-haired boy, Mister Mister Lewis Sibley, who, who's who's made a knack of finding top corners from twenty-five yards. And to quote, oh, to quote Rams TV's own Owen Bradley, a star is born at Pride Park. That that yeah. commentary just always stays with you on every every clip that they do. That's always there. But he was born against Blackburn, so there you go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, don't know if he'll be involved in uh, on Saturday or not. He probably will be, to be perfectly honest with you. But just a quick question, Ryan, just because you've not actually come up against Derby with Wayne Rooney um, in, in the side. What what do you think to Wayne Rooney playing in the championship? Um, I, I can assure you he, he's got mixed reviews at Derby, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm. Um, you know, your thoughts on, on that? What do you think? Um, I mean, if we just take money and everything out of the equation for the moment, you know, the principle of a Premier League player coming to the end of their time and then doing their time in the championship, I really like and have a lot of respect for because there are probably other offers out there, you know, the MLS or China or Saudi Arabia, wherever, where you could go and earn more money. So I like the fact that a player's recognised that they're no longer good enough for the Premier League and, and going to try it out in the championship. And for the championship, it's fantastic to have a player like Rooney, you know, as a bit of a, a flagship player to fly that flag around the world and, and things like that. However, I think, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying, I think it's clearly more to do with sponsorship and money. And, and that's the reason why he's ended up at you guys. And, you know, there's a bit of cynicism in my head there about ultimately why you've got him. But, you know, first and foremost, he's still a good footballer, isn't he? And he's still good enough for championship level. So fair play to Derby for, for getting that and, and having him in your team. Yeah, it's... It, they're kind of my feelings as well. He's, he's one of the... He, he's clearly... He's not here for a last payday. I think that's a bit harsh. I don't think he's that type of person. Um, and he does... He is doing... He has signed as a player coach. So he's technically doing coaching with us um, one, one to two days a week, I think, as well. He, he probably struggles to do a full training schedule at that as well. So, you know, there are, it is, it is an opportunity for him to come in. But, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's mixed reviews for me. He's mixed reviews. Mm. He, he, can, he can do pieces of magic. Uh, certainly back after the lockdown last year, Corey, I think you'd agree with me. He, wasn't, he didn't look fit, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I, think he was, I think his mind was already elsewhere. Um, Barbados. So yeah, well, yeah, we just didn't see the best out of him. Uh, and to be fair, he was injured. He, he, he missed the first two games. He, he didn't come back into, this, back into the team until last week. So we're, we're yet to see him. It'll be interesting to see, Jason, because, Ryan, he struggled sometimes to find a white shirt at the tail end of last year. So I don't know how he's <laughs> going to deal with the half-and-half half shirts if Darby are in another colour. Like, <laughs> it, that's just going to be completely bizarre. Uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's, it's still surreal seeing him. But I think I can understand your cynicism. To, to some respect. And I think uh, it's great to watch him play as a footballer, especially for, for Derby because it, you never thought that would ever happen. But um, it, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a massive, he was signed for other reasons. He was signed yes. for other reasons. Put, put Indeed. Right. Before we go, Corey, let's squeeze in the world famous um, score predictions. I'll go first. I've been thinking about it all the way through. Um, I am going to go for a one, one draw. Ryan, what are you calling? 
I'm also on a 1-1 draw. Um, historically, we have not had a good time of it at Pride Park. Um, I think it is a bit of a bogey ground for us. Can't remember too many victories there in my time. And this is Blackburn Rovers. We're on the back of a 5-0 win. You're on the back of three defeats in a row. We ain't winning that game, I'll tell you that much. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like to be positive. So 1-1 is what I'm saying as well. Corey? You know, I've, I've picked Derby to win every week and they've continued to lose. Um... And I agree with you, Ryan. I think it's, it's a little game to call. And I want to say a draw. I really do, because I don't want Jason to keep telling me that he gets his things right every week. But uh, Darby's going to break their duck. It's going to be 2-1. Adam Armstrong's going to score a worldie, but Darby's going to win the game 2-1. Ooh. Well, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Well, time is uh, time is of the essence today, guys. And um, Ryan, we, we've come to the end of it. Thank you very much for joining us. All the best, obviously, with, with everything that you're doing. All the best on Saturday, um, but not too much. And all the best for Rovers for the rest of the season. Thank you very much for joining us. And right at this time, we are joined by uh, Tito Kahoot from the Viola Nation podcast to talk about the rumoured interest, and I think almost done deal, Corey, um, of Bobby Duncan, the ex-Liverpool um, youngster who uh, is, is applying his trade out in Fiorentina at the moment. Um, Tito, how are we? Doing all right. Glad to be on with y'all. Good. I mean, you, any listeners might notice that that isn't an Italian accent. Um, Tito is actually uh, out, out in Seattle uh, at the moment, but he, he, he knows a lot more than I do about Fiorentina. So it's, it's a good idea to uh, get him on. And Corey, when this... Um, when this news broke a couple of days ago, obviously, Tito, you may not understand what kind of striker that Derby are screaming out for at this moment in time. When Bobby Duncan's name was kind of was kind of banded about, he, I think the last time, I think it's fair to say, the last time he was uh, apparent in in England, he he's not got the greatest of names over in this country, probably due to the way that he left Liverpool and uh, and his agent more than anything. Um, and there was a couple of other things that obviously I know we're going to go on to discuss in a minute, but Corey, he didn't really tick many boxes in terms of the, the style that Derby are looking for. However, what we will say is the rumours are that he's coming into our under 23 squad, which I know Tito is kind of what he's playing. He's playing for the Fiorentina B side, of course. Um, so he, he, it would kind of be, I suppose the same kind of thing over in England. Um, from what I've read, it's as if it's something that he wants to do. He wants to try and get back over into England. He's interested in coming back over to play in England. And you're going to tell me in a minute um, what, his, what his last 12 months have been like in Fiorentina and, and why is it that he, he he's probably decided that he wants to come back over to uh, back to British soil. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a weird stretch for him. I don't think anyone was ever certain why he chose Fiorentina to start with. I mean, it was very exciting. He's the second English player I can recall in my lifetime, at least, after the sort of strange Micah Richards exper experiment. Uh, he's he's a good. He's obviously a very good player. He started out on a tear. I think he had three goals through six games for the U19s, the Primavera, because Italy has to name everything to sound beautiful. Uh and then scored in the Youth Supercopa. So he was on an absolute tear. He was doing great. Uh, 
did manage to get himself red carded for yelling at a referee after being subbed out, which was sort of funny to watch. Uh, and then he, he sort of went MIA a little bit. Uh, no injuries reported, but he wasn't on the match day squad for two months. There were a lot of rumors about him feuding with the management, particularly the youth coach, excuse me, youth team coach, Emanuele Bijica, who's, or I'm sorry, Emiliano Bijica, who's very well regarded, uh, probably going to be taking a senior management position this year. So that was a little bit of a concern. He did make it back into the into the team towards the end of the year, appeared in two more games right at the end, but all the rumors about him being upset about not getting into the senior side were a little bit concerning, especially because from what I watched, he's he's not ready for that yet. I mean, Serie A, obviously not as fast or physical as the Premier League, but still very, I mean, the stereotypes exist for a reason, right? It's a very tactical league. If you don't get to your marks, your coaches are just going to leave you out. And I think there's a little bit of that. And I think he did not take to that very well. So Tito, I know that you guys um, did an interview with him, uh, not, obviously not too long ago, because he's only been at Fiorentina for a year. A lot of the perceptions of him as the player when you sat down with him via Skype or however you did that, was that, did you get the perception that it was him who has a bit of an issue or is it more of the agent behind the thing uh, stirring the pot, so to speak? I, so full disclosure, it was my partner in crime, Mike McCormack on the site who got the interview in person with him. So I only got to hear his impressions according to Mike who I find fairly trustworthy. Uh, Bobby Duncan was extremely confident, but also very soft-spoken, very polite, as nice as he could be. So, that, I mean, that's basically what you want from a professional athlete in any setting. I really think the problem is Saif Ruby, the agent who is... I'm not, I'm not sure if y'all have a, a G or an R-rated podcast here, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what I think about him but I think he is a deeply problematic person. Let's go. Could, with. could we use the terminology, Jason Tosser? Yeah, no, I think I think I think, that's I think a, that would sum it up. I think that's a fair, a fair, a fair reflection of certainly what I've heard of him. Um, and you know, not, just away from Derby, Corey, there are players. I mean, you look at certain players um, who have who have graced the Premier League and, and other leagues in the world. Uh, probably a higher standard in all fairness. There are some agents out there that are out there to make themselves more famous than, than the player that they tend to represent. Um, and unfortunately, I suppose in, in Bobby's, um, you know, he, he was probably a young lad when he got picked up, you know, Oh, we can show you the high life and you know, young kids are impressionable. Uh, and we see it so many times and Tita, I'm sure it's the same in the Italian league as well you know you get some real raw up and coming talents from some of the bigger clubs who don't quite make it on that scene and and they get their heads turned as i say by an agent uh, and that kind of thing and you know they think the grass it's almost as if the grass is greener i suppose in in some respects would be a would be a sentence that we'd use over here but i must admit the one thing that does surprise me a little bit is obviously some relation to steven gerrard isn't it it's like his cousin or 
or something like that. And yeah, you cousin. would think, yeah, you would think somebody of that stature, certainly in the English game, would would point him in in a different direction potentially. Um, you would think. You you would think. I yeah, it's it's been very disappointing to me. I think someone does need to take him aside and put an arm around him and tell him you really need to just put your head down and put in the work, even if you are related to Steven Gerrard. And even if you are an incredibly talented prospect, he's not a player yet. He's a prospect still. And until he reaches the level where he can consistently play senior football, he doesn't really, he hasn't achieved anything. And I I worry that with an agent like Ruby talking to him, talking him up, telling him that he's, the best thing since sliced bread that he he's just getting a lot of really bad advice is what it seems like to me. I mean, after forcing his way out from city two years ago, out from Liverpool last year. And then again, nothing but nice things to say about him personally. When he played for Fiorentina, he was quite good, but after leaving on probably less than ideal terms, I think it's safe to say, that really starts to make you worry about him as a player. I mean, three years in a row, leaving clubs with some acrimony. At a certain point, teams just aren't going to want to risk it. It's not worth all the trouble. And I, I worry for him because he does seem like a nice kid that that's where he's heading. I think I think for me, when I look at the move, I'm um, just thinking about it a bit, you know, Darby's got a very strong academy, Tito. I'm not sure if you're you're aware of that. We've got a very the club's got a very good academy. There's this what would you say now, Jason? Maybe seven or eight of that team are now integrated basically into the first team, either as a either on as a starter or as a bench. Close to, yeah. Um, some of it's on merit, some of it's because they, they need players, but you know, all the players are still talented coming through. But I think there's a strong academy culture at Darby, and I think Darren Wassell, um, I think, you know, they brought in a former um, first team manager, Gary Bowyer, to assist with the under 23s as well. Um, there's a real strong culture there, and I think that that, like you say, if he, if he can get his head right, you know, I think Darby's a decent place to do that because they're not going to allow big time Charlies to. Um, you know, come in and, and do those kind of things. And if I think if he's got a problem, I mean, they've got a scouser in Wayne Rooney. You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if Florentina fans have heard of Wayne Rooney. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Wayne Rooney, you know, he's the captain. He, he's from Liverpool. He, he's from Merseyside. You know, he's from, from you know, across Stanley Park at, at Goodison at Everton. So um, he's been there and he's done it. So I think that there's plenty of people in that room, Jason, that if he is starting to get a bit ahead of himself or coming with a bit of a wrong attitude that – be fine giving him an attitude adjustment, which it kind of seems like he might need, or definitely his agent might need um, in order for him to be able to fulfill his potential. But looking at it, I think he slots straight into that under 23 team um, borderline first team because Darby is struggling for fitness with some strikers right now. Um, but yeah, I think it would be, I think it could definitely be a good move all around, especially from what I'm hearing is a reported free move with a potential sell-on clause. Yeah. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? I, it's, it's it's a gamble, and it is a gamble. But it's one of those that if it pays off, two years, twelve months, two years down the line, whatever, it's it's going to be a positive financial. Hopefully, you would think positively financial for for Derby. So, and like you say there, Corey, I, I obviously I've read what 
people have said about his agent and things like that. And I mean, it's everybody's opinion, but it, it seems to be the facts. And like you say there, Tito, it seems as if he's forced his way. The agent's forced to move a couple of times. He's coming into a culture at Derby, Corey, would you agree that I don't think that they'd necessarily put up with that, to be perfectly honest with you. I that's, why, agree that's, with you. that's what makes me wonder in some respects how the move has come about. Not, not knocking his talent or anything like that. Um, but he will be coming to Derby not to play in the first team. He will be coming to Derby, I wouldn't have thought, on hugely high salary, which would, to me, be probably two of the main reasons why you would think your agent would would attempt to you know, tack your name about as such and push you about from, from club to club for trying to get you that early start in your career, I suppose. So there's nothing there that really jumps out at me as to if as if that's why they've pushed for Derby or or, or whatever, um, or is it that Derby you know have have heard that he's available, um, and and it is being seen as a bit of a punt, to be perfectly honest with you on a let's face it probably twelve to eighteen month deal, certainly not going to be paying him a great deal. Just just on the off chance in, in 12 months' time, if it doesn't work out, it's a, well, okay, thank you very much. And, you know, you, you know you, you're part company. I can't see, Corey, any other way that this deal's really come about with Derby. I, I, it doesn't seem a, a type of, and let's face it, oh, Tito, I don't know if, you, if you're aware of Derby's history over the last 12 months with off-the-field incidents. This doesn't seem like the type of deal that we would be interested in if they didn't see that he'd be able to come in and, and keep his nose clean, Corey, as such. And, you know, let's face it, Mel Morris isn't going to be one that will let agents tell him what can happen if indeed he's still he's running the club for the next 12 months. We're obviously not sure about that at this moment in time, but just, there's a few things about the deal that just makes me scratch my head in, in some respects as to the hows and whys this has come about and um, going forward in the future. I think everything you need to know, Jason, is the fact that we're doing a podcast segment on it. And this is Derby County. And Derby's had some very bizarre transfers in the past. I mean, literally Wade Rooney. We've had Mason Mount. We've had um, Leon Best. Uh, There's been been a lot of bizarre transfers that have come into and out of Derby. Uh, The fastest man in France, Abdul Kamara. Nick Blackman. So, and and the fact that we're doing a podcast segment on a 19-year-old lad from the Fiorentina B team. Either we're really desperate for a striker or we're just nuts to do it. But either way, we're discussing him. Um, but yeah, I think I don't think Darby's going to be able to put up with that stuff. I think um, I think it's a good move all around. If he can get his head right, he can get a new agent. His agent has an attitude adjustment. Darby's not going to take that kind of crap. Darby no. take a lot of crap from a lot of other people, but I don't think they're going to take attitudes, especially from youth players. Um, because again, you have number 32 Wayne Rooney in the, in the first team change room. We can go down and, you know, tell him what he really thinks of him because he's been there and he's done it. And he's one of the few players probably in world football that could command that kind of respect from pretty much any player. Um, but just quickly, Tito strengths, weaknesses of, of Bobby Duncan. Uh, he's very quick. He's good on the ball. I, he's not, he's not a real big guy. He's under six feet tall. Uh, he's stronger than he looks, but he's still a little bit slender. Uh, he's got a, but he does have a good first touch. He's particularly good at receiving the ball to his feet with a defender on his back and finding enough space on the turn to get a shot away. He's also a, he's a good finisher for someone his age. I know that that gets tossed around for youth players a lot. 
and that a lot of those kids end up flaming out very young. I think that he does have that right attitude, that right mindset. His movement off the ball is very good. He's very quick getting in behind. I think he could probably stand to get stronger. I mean, which teenager couldn't, though, in fairness? Uh, I think his link-up play probably needs a little bit of work. He's not always the best passer. Uh, his deep, he, ru he runs a lot. He's very fit, but I think he's not always running in the service of the team. I think he can get his head down and chase the ball a little bit rather than just leading the press for the team the way that the rest of the team needs it to work. So, and I mean, it, in short, he's, he's 19 years old. He's just very raw. He's, he's got a lot to learn. He's going to get better as he gets older, certainly. I think that he, I think he's going to be a very good first flight or excuse me, top flight player at some point, I think a lot of it really is a matter of if he can get out of his own way. But in terms of talent, he's, he's certainly got what it takes. Corey, we've seen it. I mean, we've only got to name probably one other, um, somebody who's used to the Italian setup in Mario Balotelli, all the talent in the world, just never really chose to apply it when he wanted to. One of my all-time favorite players. Yeah, and is he like is he like in Saria B now with Brescia or something like that? He, I know he was hanging around down there, and just because you know it comes to a point in in your career where you know clubs just won't take that gamble on you. It doesn't matter how good you are if if your attitude's just not right. Um, and there will always be a team that's probably willing to you know take a punt on you, but again, probably not in that in that top in that top set. But uh, I mean, one thing you've just said there, Tito, and again, Corey, I'm sure you'd agree with me. If that's the type of player that Bobby Duncan is, he comes across as almost a perfect fit for what Derby are trying to do and the coaching staff that we've that we've got at the moment. Um, he's uh, Cock Philip Cocker was renowned uh, from his time in in the Netherlands and Turkey and things like that for, for you know for developing these these raw talents into into world beaters. And like I said, I think. Again, like we've just said, Corey, Derby aren't going to take no shit from no agents. They're really not. I'd, I'd be, I'd be very surprised. So, to me, again, on a free. I mean, if if we were talking two, three million pounds for this transfer, I'd probably have a completely different complexion on what I'm saying. But I think on a free, it, it's it's a gamble. It's a gamble, and I think it's like we say, if it's a gamble that in 12, 18 months' time pays off. Derby have picked themselves up somebody that, you know, they've, one of the things that Derby seem to be doing at the minute, Tito, is, is bringing people in that they know they'll probably have a sell-on value. A 19-year-old raw talent will have a sell-on value if you've signed him for nothing. So it, it makes complete sense. Um, and I mean, obviously, I, I, I hope it, all the luck in the world for him. I hope he comes in and he gets his head down and, you know, and he does... He does well because at the end of the day, he will have that Ram shirt on, uh, fingers crossed. And, you know, he, whatever he does and whatever his agent does and whatever will, will represent the club at, at some level. So I'm, I'm hoping it works. Corey Darby, as you all know, Darby are in a position where they, they can't, they have to take, I suppose, some risks in some respects because that's the end of the transfer market that that Derby are working in at the minute. They are working on, you know, cheap deals, free transfers, low wages. Um, and a lot of those deals can be, can be a risk. Some work out, some don't. And it, for me, it's as simple as that. Yeah. And for me, key thing, Jason, it's, it's low risk, high reward. I yeah, mean, like absolutely. Say, no transfer fee, low wages. He could come in and 
who knows with the way Darby's going with strikers and the way they're playing, he could be playing in November, December for Darby. He could be playing at the second half of the season and it's a completely different perspective. And if he does well, sell him on. If he doesn't, if he still does well, don't sell him on, sign him up for a longer term contract. And it's a win, win, win all around. Lad gets his, Lad gets his shot at the big time. Darby get a good player and Fiorentina gets somebody who's not going to be feuding with the, um, the, I can't, I can't say the sexy Italian words, Tito, but the, <laughs> Primera visiti or whatever. Primavera, uh, primavera. Yeah, the primavera, there we go. Uh, that was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, and so it, it's a win-win for everybody, I think. And, 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 you know, that's the, like you say, Jason, it's the end of the market that, that Darby's in right now. I think so. And I think what you've got to look at, I mean, just bring it back right to the start. He wouldn't have been at Man City if he wasn't a, a, a prospect. He wouldn't have, Liverpool wouldn't have signed him if he wasn't a prospect. A I mean, I read to... somewhere he played like seven preseason games for Liverpool last season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. And, you know, th- there are, as we've seen, and we're seeing it more and more, there are young players who are at those top four to six clubs that realise that their path to the first team there isn't necessarily what they want. But going across to other parts of Europe are actually now a bit more of a viable option. They get in the time, they get in the games. Okay, in in Bobby's case, he went to the second, the B-side, if you will. But still, you've only got to perform there for six months and you'll find yourself, you'll find yourself in, the, in the first team squad. You know, so moving over now to Europe, even at that age, is just... For me now, I think you look at some of the players that have done it, Corey, then are starting to come back into England at 23, 24. They've learned a completely different style of play. Because let's face it, you know, okay, maybe not, the same as back in the early nineties, but the Italian league and, you know, the Italian teams are still some of the highest regarded in, in world football, certainly under the likes of Juventus and, and you know, and Inter and things like that. So, you know, the, the style of football they play, it's, it's another string to the bow. Um, okay. Maybe at our level in the championship, the, the differences are slight, you know, they, they are a bit different in, in terms of, of, of the way that they play, but certainly in the premier league. Okay. Yeah, the speed might not be quite the same, but you know, it just goes. The quality has to be the same. All top divisions are pretty, pretty similar in, in things like that. So, and again, you know, if he was such a bad egg, would Fiorentina have taken taken the gamble on him? So again, it's, it's just another. Okay, it's not worked out. That, as we said earlier, is a little worrying. It's now been three, almost three clubs that you know he's kind of forced, possibly forced his way out of, or wanted to move on from for whatever reason. And that's why I say earlier about I, if he's thinking of coming to Derby and he's going to be playing week in, week out from Saturday, that's not going to happen. Um, and you would have thought that himself and his agent are aware of that. Uh, of course, we never get to hear all the ins and outs of the deal. He may have been promised something, like you said there, Corey, for, you know, we've got these strikers out. You might actually be thrown in at the deep end. Don't think it's necessarily been promised, but it would make you wonder why else he's come if you know, history proves that he don't really, if he, by the looks of it, if he's not getting his own way, his agent tries to, tries to, you know, push, push a move. So it's going to be interesting. Um, and for certain, we'll make sure that we, uh, we catch up later on in the year um, and let you know how much of a star he's been or how much, of, how much of a flop he's been, I suppose is, is, is the best way to uh, best way to say it. But Tito, it's, it, it's been short, it's been brief, but thank you very much. It's been it's been fantastic to chat to you. Um, and if we ever need any insight on Fiorentina, Fiorentina players or football in general, 
we'll make sure uh, we'll make sure to drop you a message. I think Jason, we can officially announce Tito is our Fiorentina guy. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Officially. I, I, I will no. happily take that designation. Thank you all so much. It's been a pleasure no, chatting been, with you. Yeah, it does. Appreciate it's, been, it, it's been great. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, good luck this year with everything. Y'all take care. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So then, guys, moving on to other business. Uh, of course, we've got to look back at, well, a few bits and pieces, Corey. Uh, this week, of course, the uh, Kamel Yozviak, uh, who, who signed for Derby last week, his debut on Saturday, which we'll touch on in a little bit more depth in a minute. Of course, we've got uh, the looting game to review. Uh, which unfortunately ended in another defeat. I'm going to get it in there early. I predicted that. Thank you very much. Um, but we'll go through that in a little bit more detail later. But a 2-1 win, score and score and result right for me, another tick in my box. Um, anyway, uh, but we'll go into that in a bit more detail in a second. And then uh, break, not, well, not quite breaking news today, uh, now, but breaking news from this morning, of course, is uh, the return, not the return of the Mac, but the return of the IBE. Uh, in, in Jordan Ibe, which we'll be going into as well in a little bit more detail. And we'll look forward to Blackburn on Saturday at Pride Park. So, uh, touching on Kamal Yozviak uh, and the game on Saturday, Corey. Uh, as expected, he, he made his debut. Started out on the right, looked okay. Uh, moved to the left, second half. Uh, basically ran the show in, in terms of attacking options for Derby. Uh, I didn't see the game. It was I only listened to it on the radio. But from what I did hear, and obviously I've seen on various highlights, he looks the type of player that we wanted. You never quite know. Of course, these five-minute YouTube packages are great, but it's seeing him in the flesh. Appreciate it's only one game, but he looked direct. He looked quick. He looked to do everything that we would want in a winger. Uh, and of course, set up the goal for, for, for Jack Marriott. Um so all in all, you know, a, a good thumbs up for a debut. Obviously, unfortunately, did have to go off after 86, 87 minutes uh, with a knee injury, uh, which we're still waiting from the club to hear how, how severe that is. Although I do believe he put out something on his social media on Instagram yesterday saying that he didn't think it was, uh, it was not too much to be worried about. But obviously, we'll have official confirmation. I'm guessing probably Wednesday, Thursday, when it's the uh, press conference from from Koku on uh, for for the game on Saturday but it does make you wonder the longer that nothing's announced uh, I don't know if if that's a good thing or a bad thing to be perfectly honest with you normally when the player's really injured it normally gets some form of the corner flag comes out uh, and we get some form of uh, statement but nothing as of yet but on the game itself Corey from what I heard I mean unlucky old Old, uh, old, old habits don't die with Derby, unfortunately. Another two goals conceded, which both looked pretty unavoidable. To be perfectly honest with you, um, we were raving both, about both from crosses as well. Yeah, I mean we or were raving about Marshall. Also. Both raving about Marshall coming in. Arguably, could say it was his fault for the first goal. Uh, he should be coming out and and clattering that one. Um, not too dissimilar to uh, Ruse's mistake in the playoff final, who got absolutely slated for. Um, obviously, this one not quite as important, but um, still, that one could have been avoidable. And the second one, well, I mean, kind of, kind of was left wanting at the back. Most people have pointed at Forsyth. 
I'm not going to stand here and defend it. I'm, I'm also not going to stand here and say it was his fault. But, you know, either way, as a defensive unit, that needs to be, you know, that that's just an absolute gift in the 87th, 88th minute or whatever it was. When Derby did so well to get back in the game, Corey, um, and to be honest with you, for the large parts of the second half, um, dominated. Again, just not that killer instinct again up front, which again screams out for this for this big six foot plus striker that, of course, we we are looking into uh, bringing in. Your thoughts from from what you've seen? Yeah, I think um, again, you know, it's it's the same demons that are plaguing Darby at the back, uh, an inability to stop crosses. We talked about this last season. We talked about this a year ago. We talked. I've been talking about this um, for three or four five years now there's some sort of inability to stop a cross at Derby County for some strange reason I mean that's where both the goals come from you know Yaviak looked lively um and I mean hey a lot of people try to set up Marriott and he doesn't score so Yaviak one goal sets up or uh, one appearance sets up Marriott for a goal so that's good um and hopefully his 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 injury is not too bad um I know Marriott also went off injured with an ankle so hopefully we'll hear more about that like you said um Wednesday Thursday when they do Big Phil's press conference um, but yeah, I think overall, um, pretty even game. I don't think one side, you know, from, from what I saw, one side kind of dominated or another side or anything like that. But um, it, it's, 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 again, it's, it's a disappointing defeat and I'm, I'm not going to sound defeatist. I know we kind of went on a little bit of a rant last week, um, but you know, it's still early days. Like people have been saying, there's still time to, to get some fit players back. Darby got better today with the signing of Jordan Ive as well, um, which we'll touch on. But again, yes, there's players to come back, but yes, also the warning signs are there that if they don't fix them, you can see what could happen um, and how very quickly it could go south. No, I, I would fully agree with you. Um, again, it, it, it does seem to be a bit of a 50-50 split on social media after the game on Saturday. And I mean, for my personal preference, something again, like you said, we, we kind of went off on one last week about, and we've mentioned for the first few weeks. And history suggests Derby don't start well normally, but it's not always about the result. It's a, it can be about the performance. Let's take it back to last season. Okay, you know we got the, we got the win against Huddersfield the first game, and then we were a bit in and out, but we never really looked like we were being dominated, certainly those early draws at Pride Park, obviously, where, which kind of cost us in the end, in some respects, uh, just couldn't you know, find that winning formula towards the start of the season. But performances, certainly at home, were, were pretty solid. Um, obviously, so far this season, the performances haven't been great, but, but Saturday I thought was much better. But then you will get the people's opinion and go, yeah, but it was only Luton. Yes, it was only Luton, but Luton have only lost one in 11 games. Stretching back to last season, Luton were in some decent form, as we touched on in the pod last week. Um, so you can't really knock that. You know, they, they, they'd won both. Uh, they'd won the first league game. They'd won both cup games. You know, that counts for something. It doesn't matter how early on in the season it is. I mean, we've got to look at the facts. That's two games in. We've lost both games. Coming into Saturday against Blackburn, it's you know no guarantee. Blackburn have started pretty well, um, and the, the, you know they are a force. But we know the limitations of the squad, as you said. You know, fingers crossed. The injury to Josviak and Marriott is not as severe as uh, certainly Marriott sounds. 
Um, of course, Jordan Ibe coming in is, is massive. Um, who knows if he's going to be involved for Saturday? He's not played football for a year, probably not. Um, but of course, the other th- the other things are I think Waggon and Dwayne Holmes has been in training this week. Um, again, I personally wouldn't risk them and rush them for Saturday. Uh, but you know, it's good to see those couple are, are coming back. Obviously, uh, Tom Lawrence seems a little bit further off. Uh, I know he's in light training, but it's more non-contact stuff. But you know that just starting to creep in, and obviously something again we'll touch on in a little minute. Um, and obviously we've just mentioned about Bobby Duncan coming in. The focus is now. Now they've got Ibin. Now they've got Yosviakin. And let's face it, Corey. So far this transfer window, they they are relatively positive, good signings. You would you would hope. It seems a good transfer window, and they've got one more position now. Really, that they've got to nail. And if they can nail that one position, this team, once all back fit and firing, there isn't any excuses, as we well when documented last week. There are there, there will be no excuses after that. If, if then the team fails to perform, it, they will get called out on it. But too many people have started calling out, and we're not going into a rant again like we did last week, but it's two games in. We had a much improved performance. Let's see how Saturday goes. Okay, I'm not going to sit here in six, seven games time and it not get any better and go, still give them time. That's obviously not what we're going to say. But let's get Saturday, hopefully, you know, back on home soil. Um, the right type of performance. What I Again, obviously, I didn't see the game on Saturday. One of the things I you could that came through the, the, the uh, radio commentary was Derby didn't play it out from the back that much. They were a lot quicker. Um, they were a lot more forceful. It almost sounded if they were playing a further five, ten yards up the pitch, that people were looking to go forward rather than drop back. There was that little bit more movement. But, of course, when you bring somebody in like Jozviak, even on a debut, that ability of pace and you know, what it looked like he brought in that small highlights package of Saturday, it gives you that out ball. Um, I, th- I think, you know, that that's a benefit. Um, and, of course, once we've got both wings back to strength uh, or, or more strength than, than we've had in all fairness, if I can hit the ground running when he, when he finally gets in, uh, um, then it's something like we said last week, the best defenses in the world will get, get, uh, get b- broken if this constant pressure, but if you've got that out ball out to out, out wide, you don't have to knock it around the back. And I actually thought from, again, from commentary and a couple of clips that I've seen on the highlights, I thought Jack Marriott did a decent job of holding the ball up. I think it was, um, might have even been for the goal. I think it was his initial ball into him that he held up and then passed it out, out to the right to burn, to, you know, to, to work in. Or there was a certain chance or something like that. But Marriott looked like, he, you know, for, for five, seven, five, eight, whatever he is, you know, to, to, to have that play about him was pretty good. And that brings me on to somebody I want to mention. Nathan Byrne, I, I thought, played a terrific game on, from, on Saturday from what I heard. My slight, it's not a criticism of him. It's kind of the way of the world these days. Fullbacks are attacking minded. And he was more than capable and he was more than happy to push right up there. It just seemed at times he, he did get caught out a little bit coming backwards. You know, defence has got to be your first thought in that position. Um, so I'm hoping that's just a positional thing. I'm hoping that's just, you know, something getting used to the team, that kind of thing. And hopefully from, from there he goes on. But certainly in the first half, him and Jozwiak on that right-hand side created quite a bit of danger. 
Um, and then obviously Jozviak, who is nat- naturally left-sided, I think, obviously when he flipped over to the left side, he sounded like he had more of an impact, um, which is a bit of a worry in some respects in terms of fitting him into the team when everybody's back fit, unless you move Lawrence into a, a more of a more of a central role as, as a 10 kind of area. Uh, but again, then that could possibly mean one or two other players miss out, but that's for when everybody's back and fit to discuss. Um, but actually, I... There's no good having a performance in certainly in the second half against Luton and then getting rolled over on Saturday against Blackburn at home. So, and a quote that you use quite regular and it's very true. You're only as good as your last game. There's no doubt about that. So Derby have now got to go that next step um, and they've got to put on a bit of a performance. Even if they don't win the game, I mean, you know, three. If it was a loss, three losses in a row, that would be a little bit more worrying. Uh, but a point on Saturday isn't isn't the worst. Um, you you just want to see the continuation of, of of a good forty-five minutes of football in that second half against Luton for me, Corey. To be honest, yeah, I think um, you definitely you, you want to see the, continue to see the growth and development of that. And I think for me, when you look at Yaviak, you look at Lawrence, you look at Ibe when Ibe gets fit. I think what you'll end up seeing is you'll see those front three um, or the two wingers, they'll continue to interchange because I think Ibe likes to cut it on his right foot as Yaziak likes to do as well. So I think you'll see a lot of changing and a lot of switching and a lot of movement up front between the positions at Derby, which they've not had for such a long time, wingers and, and attacking players that can interchange and play those outside wing yeah. positions and flip them and everything like that. So I'm excited to see how that develops and grows. Um, but I agree. I think you have to, you know, um, you have to stop the rot against Blackburn. Blackburn's coming up a 5-0 win against Wickham. Um, Darby've lost all, all the games except for Barrow, which was on penalties. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm 100% with you. You need to put in a performance. But again, when you look at the, when you look at the win-loss column and there's three losses in there and it's to start a season, we know whether, whether Philip Kaku's got a five-year deal, 10-year deal, 50-year deal. It doesn't matter. All managers are on short leashes. And I'm, I'm on board. I want Kaku to stay. I like Philip Kaku. I think he'll do special things when he's here. And I agree the performance needs to be better. But Derby have to go out and if they have to grind out, they have to play ugly and they have to get three points any which way they can tooth and nail and fight and scrap and everything. Yes. We all want a good performance with attacking free flowing football, but at the end of the day, if that leads to zero points, but what for, for me, you got to get some points on the board. Um, you know, and, and I guess the question to ask is when, when's Derby going to get points on the board? Let's pick a date. Um, yeah, no. Because everyone was sitting, you know, from what I read on social media and from what we were talking about, Jason, everyone was sitting back going the first five, six games for Derby. They look, they look appetizing. They look tasty. We could, we could be 15, 20, you know, 15, 15, 18 points here. And, and Derby in reality have zero. Um, So again, I'm not trying to be a doom merchant. I'm just trying to look at it in the cold, hard light of day, put my being a Derby County supporter to one side and look at it through a different lens. You got to get a win. You got to get a win. You got to get a point. You got to get something. And Blackburn look like they're flying. Like you said, they've they've had a good start to the season. Um, you know, you got to you got to get the win somehow. You've got to get some points on the board, and you've got to start this positive trend. I would think with you, I'm sure we'll talk about this with Jordan I, but I don't think he'll be involved on Saturday whatsoever. Um, but we'll we'll leave that for the discussion a little bit later on. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Like you say, that, yeah, Blackburn come off the back of a five 0 win at home. I mean, 
possibly a regulation win. Again, no disrespect to Wickham, but they're going to be coming in full of confidence. Um, and at the end of the day, you, you know, them coming, they, they're going to come full of confidence. But if Derby can get one over them, it, it breeds that confidence straight away. Um, and as we said on the preview pod with Ollie, Derby have just got to try, with the injuries and everything, Derby have just got to try and scrape the way through the first seven, eight weeks of the season. Um, we've not seen too much of that yet. Uh, Luton was a bit more promise, promising, certainly the second half. Um, it was an away performance. We, we struggled away from home last season until the back end of last year, season in all fairness, where obviously we picked up a, a couple of wins towards the end. But we, we've just got, like, it, it's all about progression for me. It's all about progression. Um, and is, is there a midweek game next week, Corey? I don't think so. I think it's Carabao Cup. Ah, right. Okay. So there we go then. You know, and, and again, just you know, adding these little bits to um, what's been a short pre-season, and I mean, we, we've talked all this to death, but it's still it's it's relevant because it's 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 happening. You know, not having a carrot, not not you know losing to to Preston last week in the cup in the ninety-third minute might be a lifesaver. They've got an extra game this week, along with you know some other championship. There's still quite a few championship clubs left in left in there. You know, they're all getting extra um, extra games which they could probably do without um, and one one thing I would say is at the end of the day the team down the A52 who thought they were winning the league last year they're behind us at the minute they, they know, didn't look good they, at all in their game they're they, in free they fall so um, I think you know, the, one, the, one point, the gap yeah the one point I would say about Derby is I think it's very important for the young players especially and there are a lot of young players in the side as we've discussed the under-23s and the under-18s are so successful that it's very rare at that level that they have to win ugly, that they have to have, you know, real, real ugly game to try to get some points to really fight because they're so good, which is fine. But I think it would very, it's very much going to help the likes of the young players that are in there um, to win ugly. It's going to lift them off the shoulders if they can do that. And the quicker they get points on the board and the quicker, you know, if we're sitting here in three games time, three weeks time at the international break and Darby have 15 points, our opinions of who should be in and around the team with the younger players is going to be completely different because they'll have to take the 15 points. And I think the players are going to feel that because it's going to breed confidence with those players because yes, the, the youth players have been doing very well at the youth level, but this is a men's game. Now you have, you can't, just cakewalk everybody and beat the Liverpool reserve team and everything, which is fantastic. I'm not criticizing it. What I'm saying is it's going to breed confidence for them because they've been in the first team now, some of these players, and they've only known struggles. So as soon as they start getting two or three wins, they're going to go, Hey, wait a minute. It's going to click in their brain. We're used to this. We can do this and we can really turn it on and we can really show, but it's difficult for flair and everything to come out when you're struggling. So I think, you know, the quicker they get the points on the board, it's going to help the young players as well, which is going to obviously help the whole side because, a lot of the players that Derby have are are younger players. Yeah, no, fully agree with you. I mean, a, a winning winning is a as a habit just as much as losing is. And like you say, sometimes lo- the losing habit is harder with the youngsters than it possibly is with you know w- when you're winning. Um, it, but that what that will do, Corey, it will like you say, it will separate the boys from the men as such. Uh, and if we do go through that slight difficult patch to start off with and, and what have you, you will then, you will quite rightly see players that who've managed to get through it. You know that they're up for the fight as such, even though we don't want to be down there fighting, but you know, you, you, you kind of know the right 
the right mix for the team in, in, in all fairness I think I mean one of the things that jumps out at me is you know we the first couple of games people have slated uh, Forsyth um, but Buchanan's nowhere near the first he's still sat on the bench and he hasn't I don't think he's played a league, league minute yet this season um, you know when when you've let Max Lowe go and you know that kind of thing just makes you makes you slightly wonder in, in, in that area so at the end of the day we're going to move on from there's just from, one more thing I want to say about that. Yeah, go for before it. Before we can move on to other club news. Just remember, beautiful, sorry, bumpy roads lead to beautiful places. And that's a cliche, but it's 100% true. And it's true for this season. And it's been true since Derby have been down. Us as Derby fans have been through a lot of crap since 2007, 2008. And it's been a bumpy road. It's not always been easy. Sometimes we took detours, but eventually it will lead to a beautiful place. And I know I was a bit of a doom merchant last week, but the, I, I thought it last week and I'm going to verbalize it this week. This season started out bumpy, but bumpy roads will lead to beautiful places. And so I think what you want is you want your collapse of the sea. Every team goes through a rough patch. I want it September, October. I don't yeah. want it. I don't want it April and May when no, you're trying to fight for the playoffs because Darby have been when there. we normally get it. Yeah. Or February. Absolutely. So beautiful roads. Bumpy roads lead to beautiful places. That's all I'm going to say, and that's what I'm going to take with, with Derby this season, and I'm going to remain hopeful that they can turn it around against Blackburn. No, absolutely. And, and you know, again, it's, it's very the Derby way, uh, if you want to put it that way. You know, you get a half-decent performance on Saturday. You get a decent performance from your debutant. You get a striker who's not scored since January scoring, and then they both limp off with injuries that, that could potentially... I mean, Marriott sounds quite bad uh, we don't know how bad but it, it did sound quite bad from what i heard um you know it's so it it's it's one step forward two steps back at the minute for, for Koku, and his, his hands are tied they, re- they really are as i said to you five ten minutes ago this squad at full strength and then bringing the players in that he's brought in that's one of the best transfer windows derby's had in six seven years but it's just unfo- it's unfortunate again that it could well be that it's even though we've brought in those players and made the squad better, we actually look weaker and more stretched down to, you know down to injuries. Which at the end of the day, we'll wait and see. I'm not going to comment on speculation. We'll go, we'll we'll wait and see on that. But moving on to a, a new face, it is the return of uh, of, of Jordan Ibe, Corey. Um, I thought you were replacing me on the podcast, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, a bit similar to like we mentioned against Bobby Duncan uh, with Bobby Duncan early. Obviously, appreciate he's a little bit younger, but Ibe's only twenty-four. Obviously, had a, just didn't work out for him uh, at Bournemouth when really all, all avenues pointed towards that he would it would for him. Um, it's been well documented that he's come out and admitted. You know, he's gone through some some difficulties, and. You know, every everybody everybody does that. How many times do we see professional footballers at the height? You know, as a young player at the height of the game, like we were talking earlier, who just can't cope with the pressure of it, or can't you know just just takes the wrong choice, or, or whatever it may well be. Um, uh, I did see a, a, a comment on um, on on Twitter that uh, as long as I uh, as long as Lawrence didn't expect a lift off I because obviously they've both got a drink driving ban then, um, you know, they, they could become good buddies. But, uh, I mean, oh, oh, that, that's, that's a laugh, all, all seriousness aside. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's had his, again, he's had his, he's had his demons in football from the sounds of it. But again, 
he's one of the at 24 we ain't paying him a lot he's on a two-year deal he wants to resurrect his or wants makes it look that he wants to resurrect his football career we get a good 18 months out of him Corey it'll be money well spent it really will be he's one of those he's one of those players if he can be what we would like him to be um then my, I must admit, when I, obviously I know we've uh, it's been rumored for a few days, and obviously it got announced this morning. And I was just sat there thinking about it. Again, football's not played on paper, but as a full strength squad, that's got to be one of, at the best, one of the most talented squads on paper in the championship. It possibly lacks a little bit of championship experience. Um, and, and obviously at this moment in time, an out-and-out 20-goal-a-season an out striker, which, you know, they're, they're gold dust. Um, but add that to it, there aren't too many teams on paper that match, that, that, that you would say are better than Derby, like for like. I will go back to what I said a few podcasts ago, Jason. Um, I asked you which Derby player, if you were defending him, would scare you. And there were none. We couldn't come up with an answer. Now we can come up with two, Yaviak and Ibe. Derby's just gotten better. You know, you've brought in a, you brought in a young player. He's got Premier League experience. Um, he's lost his way a bit at Bournemouth um, for, for whatever reason. But look, it's, it's a fresh start for him. He's back somewhere where he said this morning that he feels he's got unfinished business. He likes the fact that the crowd gets behind him. Um, and, and I hope I love I, that. Se- I love that sentence, Corey. Unfinished it was like, business. well, yeah, unfinished business. Yeah. We've heard, um, we've heard that too many times in the, in the Midlands. We have, we have. Steve McLaren had unfinished business too. Um, but I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully he can, res- he can, he can come back and he can be the side of player that we remember him um, as Derby fans. But I would just, you know, again, temper expectations. Allah has not played football in over a year. The world's a very different place uh, to what it was when he last kicked the ball in terms of playing in empty stadiums and things like that. We don't know how much fitness work he's been doing. I wouldn't expect him to be involved against Blackburn, but again, I could be com- completely and utterly wrong as so often I am, especially my horror predictions as, as you will attest and tell me. Um, but again, it's a, it's a fantastic sign for Derby two year deal. That's not a lot of risk. They're not going to be paying him a lot. It's probably going to be very heavily incentivized. I don't know this. I'm just speculating heavily incentivized. He does well after 18 months, sell him on, give him a new deal. He doesn't do well after this season. He's only got a year left. He can just be a, a sub. Um, so it's going to work out for both parties. Um, because I think this is probably Jordan Zibe's last chance at this level, um, yeah. at the higher end of, of English football, Premier League and Championship level. After this, I mean, he's, it's going to be very difficult for him to get back to a club the size of Derby to come back in. And I think he, I think he's starting to realize how very fortunate he is that Derby have come in for him and that he can make a thing. So, for me, whatever went off at Bournemouth with cars and coffee shops and choice of beverages. It didn't happen here at Derby. It doesn't matter. He's going to put their Derby County shirt on. I'm going to give him a, a clean slate and the benefit of the doubt that he can perform in it. So I'm excited by it, though. I think it's just it's just a tremendous uh, tremendous signing. And now when you have Yaviak and you have Ibe, it looks tasty. And then when you add Tom Lawrence into that, you add Dwayne Holmes back into the mix, you add a potentially new striker um, to the mix, I, I mean, it gets, it gets tasty. And there's, there's a lot of options. And once you start giving options, that's what you need in football. Of course it is, especially if you want to be up there. And what it gives you options, and like you said, off the bench as well. Again, Saturday, at that 1-1, we, we were going for the kill, sort of. And no disrespects here, but obviously, as you all know, we brought on Jamal, uh, we brought on Hector Ingram. 
who should have scored with his first touch. Um, he, he, you know, he, he should have lifted that over the goalkeeper and we could have been 2-1 up. But it's in a couple of games now. Um, you know, we saw it against Preston in the against Barrow. First of all, we couldn't bring any championship experienced quality or just just quality off the bench. Reading, okay, that was ju- just what it was. But we couldn't make the changes to try and get back into the game against Preston in the cup last week. We were one nil up, down to ten men. They bring on their front, their main front three, who caused us trouble. We couldn't do that. Again, on Saturday against Luton, as I say, we were 1-1. We were going for the kill. Who have we got to bring off the bench? Nobody. And that is why, like you say, once those options start coming back, and it was a thing that we used to do under McLaren a lot, after 60, 70 minutes, swap both wingers, swap the striker, you know, whatever, freshen it up, and then you're good to go for that final 20, 30 minutes again. Or if, you know, if it was a tight game or, or whatever, it was, obviously dependent on the score. But we just don't have those options at the minute. Um, and the sooner we have got those options, the better. I still think a lot of Derby's success this season is going to hang on what happens up front. If they can't bring anybody in, is it going to be Martin Waggon? If it is Martin Waggon, I don't think that's the, necessarily the end of the world. He scored 12 goals last season in a team that couldn't really... Assist-wise, wasn't wasn't the strongest. Like you've just said there, you've naturally now got two wingers, Anton Lawrence, Sibley, whoever plays in that ten role, who are going to create your chances. Now we know Wagon's finishing's not ten out of ten, um, but you would think with that kind of service, he should easily be able to hit twelve to fifteen again. It's can he take? And let's face it, last season he probably should have taken that next step should, should have got 17 18 goals he missed a couple of penalties missed a couple of sitters you know he could quite easily have been touching that 18 to 20 which is kind of what you need Jozviak from everything that I saw of him on Saturday appreciates one game he's got 7 to 10 goals in him I, I, I'm almost convinced about that we know what Ibe can do if he can find that form so all of a sudden you've added more goals into the side you've added more threat into the side You've added everything into it. And I think, again, it will help the defence when the ball, what you would expect with those type of players, we're going to have the ball in the hour, that final third a lot more. And we're not going to have to knock it around the back for 10 minutes trying to wait for somebody to wake up and move three yards. Um, you've got the willing runners. Ibe's got pace. Jozviak's got pace. Uh, Sibley's pretty, pretty speedy. You know, th- that kind of Tom Lawrence is, okay, not hugely quick but he's got he's got a turn of pace about him but when you're able to put those kind of balls in and around that I think we, we that will get Derby playing 15-20 yards further at the pitch where it's obviously where we want them to be and it just takes that bit of pressure off the defence and they do say attack is you know is the first form of line of defence and it is for me in that respect if our forwards are, are looking for the ball and, and, and getting the ball up there um, then our defence aren't coming under and isn't coming under any pressure I'm still a little bit worried about set pieces. Like you say, crosses in the box. Again, two goals on Saturday, both of them. That, And I, I really struggle to see why we're still struggling with that, to be perfectly honest with you. But we are. Fine. Um, something that you're going to have to try and do on the training pitch. Don't know really how much you can continue to practice that and get it wrong. Um, one thing I did notice on Saturday, uh, we were actually zonal marking from corners instead of man marking. Uh, that seemed to help, certainly from set pieces as in, 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 in such. But 
you know, from actual crosses. Again, we kind of lost a bit of, bit of positioning, which is which is not good. But again, you, you've just got to put that down to it being the first couple of weeks of the season, and hopefully, you know, in the next three, four, five, six weeks, whatever, that gets ironed out before it becomes too much of a problem, which it already we've seen, you know, from some of the goals that we've conceded already, most of them, bar one, have been from real defensive mistakes. Every goal is a defensive mistake near enough. Um, apart from Barthausen's one for Preston the other night, I was an absolute thunderbolt. But, you know, most goals can be avoided, but there's obviously different levels of avoidance in it. Uh, if we get carved open, fine. But when it's an actual defensive mistake, which I think most goals have been. So that is still a little bit of a worry. As we said, I don't think Deverick's quite settled as well as we might have liked. But again, it's only two games in, so we can't really get on his back. Give it another five five games. Unfortunately, as you all know, though, Corey, in, especially this season, more than any in the Championship, you don't really have time to rest on your laurels either. So that's that can be a bit of an issue. But... We we've we said on on the preview pod that you know there are going to have to be certain players that perform out the skin this year for Derby to do well, and we were focusing that on the youngsters. That was before we've had the transfer window that we've had, um, which I think is as I say it's one of the strongest in years. That don't mean that you you've still got to obviously hope that and rely on that, um, but if everybody can hit the ground, and I still, I still think Derby lack, struggle with with a bit of rubber the green sometimes. Uh, obviously injuries as well, you know that kind of thing. But if Derby can kind of get on, get Lady Luck as such on their side a little tiny bit, there's say that number nine I think is a big, big key piece to the jigsaw. Without that, I'm not so sure we're quite the upper echelons of top six. Um, but if we can get somebody in up front, so obviously uh, there's a there's a couple of names linked to we'll mention in a second. But if we can get that right, this there's no reason this team can't challenge. 100%. 100%. But, so, on, on to people we have been linked with. Obviously, Bobby Duncan we know, but he's coming in on the under-23s from what we've heard. Uh, the big name that's been that's been linked um, is... Is it Calvin Davis? Keenan Davis, Cal- Aston Villa. Keenan Davis from Aston Villa. Signed a new four-year deal this afternoon. Um, been linked. We've actually we actually spoke Jason to our buddy um, Luke Hatfield at the at the Star. So he's going to give us a lowdown where, where that blog will be coming out um, uh, either before the podcast, hopefully, or definitely. So go check that out on the website. He'll know all you need to know about Keenan Davis. But yeah, started some few games for Aston Villa last year. Doesn't have the the best prolific strike rate. I think it's like four goals and 64 appearances or something like that, but he's young, um, big lad holds the ball up well. So, so hopefully, you he's know, got a bit of pace about him as well, hasn't he? He's not, he a, is. he's not a big, slow, stocky striker. He's a bit more probably what we need, what we want, you know? Yeah. Fairness. So, so hopefully he can, he can come in. Obviously he's highly rated to get a four year deal at Villa. So, you know, I heard that Darby's battling out with Preston. Um, so hopefully he can come here. Cause I think he'd get more regular games here than he would at Preston with their front three. No, I'd fully agree with you. Um, and obviously, was it Zahore who was linked, obviously, last week from West Brom? That seems to have gone a little quieter this week. Um, but that that is that really has been, really, the only name that's been linked, isn't it? And um, obviously, the Osviak one, who's kind of been the transfer saga of the summer, as we mentioned, you know, last week. I kind of came out of left field a little bit. Obviously, I spoke with you first murmurings three, four days ago. 
uh, well, just before just before the Luton game, probably last Wednesday, and then all of a sudden, everybody saying it was a done deal, that it wasn't, and then it kind of was, and then it wasn't, but I, it never went away. And I've noticed when those kind of rumours never go away over that, there was quite an, it was quite intense about Ibe. There wasn't just little bits here and there. There was a lot of sources coming out at the same time saying the same thing from rep- reputable sources. You just knew it was, you knew there was something in that. And then it was obviously, it was always a can Derby do a deal. Um, and it's obviously, it turns out that we have on, on, on the, on the two year deal. So who knows? It might be Kel- Keenan Davis, whatever his name is. Um, it might be whoever it could be somebody straight out of left field. My feeling is Derby are probably on the cusp now of their wage bracket that they want to spend. I'd be surprised if we signed a striker permanently. I think we would more be looking towards a loan, a season long loan, which I believe is obviously what, what the Davis, uh, the Davis one is. And I think obviously the Zahori one probably would have been, I think West Brom were pretty keen to try and get him off the books as well. It's probably why Derby have veered away from it. Um, but I, I would expect a loan move uh, up front, to be honest with you. Unless, again, there's somebody abroad, you know, cheap, free transfer, you know, a couple hundred thousand, whatever. Derby wish to take a gamble on. We'll wait and see. Um, one question I want to ask you, Corey, which is something I've seen on social media. We just mentioned it a minute ago about Craig Forsyth. Um do you think left back is a bit of a weak area? I mean, we've we've seen it, we've seen it with Forsyth when he first came back after his second ACL. It kind of was good for a couple of weeks, and then he was terrible. So obviously, then Max Lowe came in, then Malone came in, and none of them nailed it down. And then Forsyth came back and actually didn't do all that bad. And it was a case of, well, actually, he's probably the best of a not a bad bunch. That's probably the wrong phrase, uh, but he was the best better option that Derby had got he still seems at this moment in time, he's probably the better option that Derby have got other than uh, dropping um, Graham Shinney into, into left back who for all, I know we can play left back and I think he's played for Derby uh, left back before. Um, I certainly know he's played for Scotland there. He just, in the formation that we play, I, I don't see Graham Shinney uh, uh, running, uh, bombing up and down the, you know, up and down the left wing or, or for 90 minutes. So is that a position that, if the striker comes in and then who knows who becomes available that last two weeks of the transfer window, which we'll obviously see in the last week or so, uh, that they might take a punt on somebody or do you think that they'll probably stick? Yeah, I think I think this one, yeah, I think they're going to try to focus on getting the striker and I think that's the main priority, but definitely um, look to see how the transfer market window shakes out because it changes daily, it changes hourly, and especially in the last weeks of the window, it changes minute by minute. Uh, players become available, not available, available, not available, even in space of while you're on the phone with them. Um, and so I, I would suspect that they'll probably look at something at left back, either on a, on a, on a short-term loan um, or something at center half to move, you know, maybe to Virick out to, to, to left back. I know he's not a left back, but, you know, to, to move one of the other players or to give at least some competition to Forsyth and Buchanan out there. I would agree. I don't, I think Graham Shinney, although he's played left back, he's not played in the formation that the Derby require with the, with the bombing up and down and, and Graham Shinney doesn't, while he's got a good engine, he doesn't strike me as a bombing type of fullback. Um, so I would definitely suspect that that's probably something they're going to look to strengthen, especially if, again, I'm sure they're looking and seeing how many goals are being conceded by crosses. They have to. Um, and so 
Um, bringing in a left back, I would think, would not be a priority. But I think once you get a striker in, um, you do. And I think Philip Kaku hinted at something like that in, in one of his pre in one of his press conferences, either before or after a game. He was like, "Yeah, we'll bring we'll bring you know we won't be done we won't be done with another signing." So so that'll be good. You know, get the striker and focus on that. Don't get it shifted like it did with Rooney, where you miss your targets. Get the striker and focus on what you need. And then if you could bring a great left back in, which I think they probably should. Fantastic. Great. We've brought one in. We brought another defender in, something like that just to short up because it's a long season and you're going to get injuries and niggles um, throughout the course of it and, and people underperforming. So it's just it's just the way football is um, and you're going to need as much competition as possible. Yeah. And I think, to be honest with you, I mean, obviously we let Spot Malone go and then three weeks later we sell Max Lowe. Did they, in you know, was the interest there from Sheffield United to start off with? I don't think, I think it was good business to sell Max Lowe, to be honest with you. Um, because we knew that we needed money in. And if that money has funded Josviak coming in, I've coming in and potentially a number nine coming in, then you, you, you sell him all day long. Um, no matter how good he is, you know, that, that is where we are uh, as a club. But obviously to lose two left backs, everybody thought, oh, Lee Buchanan will be, be involved. And obviously we've not necessarily seen that, which has been a bit of a surprise to me. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to knock somebody who sees him day in, day out on the training pitch to somebody who's seen him, you know, in in, in fits and starts. Um, but I think that number nine is obviously the big, big one. And I would say like something that you've just said there, it seems, I mean, we don't know if Derby have missed out on targets this year in this transfer window. We don't know. From the feeling that I get from the players that we've been linked with, I actually think we've gotten the majority of the targets that we've asked for, that we wanted. Obviously, the burn deal came about because we sold Bo- we sold Bogle. Um, but Josviak, that's been going on all, all summer. Obviously, the I want to say that came in as a little bit of a strange thing towards the you know the last few days. We know we've needed a number nine, but in all fairness, the wingers was more important because we've needed those for a lot longer than we needed a number nine. We could cope with Jack Marriott. We could cope with Martin Wagon. We could cope with Hector Ingram. You know, those kind of areas. We're out wide. We just didn't have any in the first team that were performing at all. And we didn't necessarily have any, um, obviously, in, down, in, down in the under-23s. Which goes to show you why the likes of Whitaker, Sibley, Knight are having to be played out there. Because we just didn't have any. So, obviously, that, wasn't, that must have been the remit this summer. Getting two wingers. We've got them both in on free transfers. So, or, or well, we don't know what the Ozviak obviously one was, but at the end of the day, it's it's probably little money. Let, let's let's put it that way. I don't. It's certainly not going to be a five, six, seven million pound deal. You wouldn't have thought. Um, it's it's this number nine now. I think is is key, and they've said that they're going to up. The, they're going to ramp it up. Um, I think the Davis link, like you say, his, his goal scoring record is probably not the strongest, but he fits the bill for what we want. And at the end of the day, you know, you, okay, Chris Martin in his heyday as such, he was scoring goals as well as setting up. Get that. Last season, yes, he got 12 goals, but he probably made similar amount of assists. So if somebody's coming in and holding that ball and allowing the other players to, to join in, one thing that we probably said last year we were a little bit shy on, you know, other than the, the, the forward two, three, getting the goals, we didn't necessarily get a great deal from everywhere else in the pitch. But if you've got that striker, you know, you've got other players bombing on and, and that kind of thing, we can spread the goals out a little bit 
which obviously is always a confidence booster more than anything to anybody, but as long as the goals are coming in. So just because he's not, his goal scoring record's not prolific, doesn't worry me too much. Um, but if he's contributing to play, and let's face it, that's what we, all we want from players. We want them to contribute to the to the team and to the play. If he can do that, if if he is the the genuine one that we're chasing, um, then I, I think it's worth going for. But as I say, there hasn't really been another name thrown about, so it'll be interesting to uh, to see in the in the next few days. Again, though, it's one of those that you would think, with it being a loan would probably stretch towards the end of the transfer window. But let's face it, we're only, what, uh, what are we? 10 days away from the, close of, from the close of the transfer window. So, you know, and obviously now focus is after the IBE sign. It's not very often Derby go bang, bang, bang with signing. So you, you would think now that there'd be, obviously the focus would now be Blackburn and then maybe something. And then you're into the last week of, you know, in, of, of the transfer window. Like you say, you just don't want... It would take the shine off it if we just missed out. If we can get somebody in, I think that's been a fantastic transfer window um, and one that I think we can be highly positive about. Um, and fingers crossed, everything clicks sooner rather than later. And, you know, th- this, th- this, uh, this, this team's going to look a lot, a lot better in, in three months' time with, with those kind of players on our books uh, up, to full, up, 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 up to full fitness. Yeah, definitely. Again, you know, it's still early in the season. It's it's not been a great start by any stretch of the imagination. We've made our thoughts roll um, very clear on that. But it's definitely uh, it's definitely exciting times. It's definitely exciting times. And I would agree with you that the it's probably one of the better transfer windows in in recent memory, if not the best um, for the for the quality of players that that Derby have brought in. Absolutely. So then, guys, I think unless there's any more business, Corey, I think that is us done for today. Um, next pod, of course, will be next week. Um, we'll have all the uh, all the fallout from the Blackburn game. Hopefully, the first three points of the season. Um, and next week's pod, we'll we'll look forward to. Come on, Corey, Norwich you're Mr. City, Fitchers man. Who Norwich City? It's Norwich, of course. It is. Yes. Uh, Can we call that the Kieran Dowell Derby? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and it's uh, it's twelve thirty kickoff as well. Fair enough. Which is my wife's birthday, so she's going to absolutely love that. But um, I'll try and sneak it in. I think is it on telly? I'm not sure. I think it is on Sky. Yeah. So okay, I'll have to uh, I'll have to make my excuses for that one. But anyway, that's all for today, guys. Thank you very much, Corey. Absolutely, as always. Thank you very much, Jason. Appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Thank you to our guests uh, earlier on. And we'll see you next week, guys. Up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Please remember to get in touch on the socials. On Twitter, we are at Rams Review one Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, thank you very much and up the Rams.